Hello there. Welcome to this episode of Force Ghost Conversations. This is your host, Anthony King, and this week, along with our special guest, Colby Mead from the Colby Cast, we're going to take a deep dive look into all the projects that Lucasfilm released in a year-end review of 2022. Before we get started, I'm inviting you to join the conversation with us. We can be found on Twitter and Hive at Force Ghost Pod. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok just by searching Force Ghost Conversations. Look forward to connecting with you on those platforms. Also, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on your listening site of choice. And finally, please be sure to check out our T Public store to buy some Force Ghost Conversations merchandise. And without further ado, it is time to gather around the campfire for some Force Ghost Conversations. All right, everyone, welcome back to another installment of Forest Ghost Conversations. On the other side of this quick mini segment here, we will have our discussion with Colby Mead from the Colby cast talking about the year in review that was 2022 for Star Wars and Lucasfilm overall. So you definitely don't want to miss out on that content. Just wanted to give a quick heads up that because this episode is not released on our typical Sunday release time, we will not be having our typical news segment, which is our Cloud City Gossip segment. So if you want to catch up with all the news that was released this past week in the Star Wars Galaxy or Lucasfilm, Indiana Jones, Willow, etc., that will be taking place or, or will be discussed, I should say, rather, in our Sunday episode that will be coming out later this week. Also, if you're a fan of our Willow-based content, uh, our next episode, I believe at the time of this release, will be Willow Episode 6. And if you haven't already, be sure to check out our previous episode, which was all about Willow Episode 5. So definitely all great stuff coming down the pipeline here and, and previously at Forest Ghost Conversations. And I'm going to get cut to the chase here. On the other side of this break is our excellent, excellent conversation with our friend Colby Mead from the Colby Cast. Thank you for listening, and we'll be right back after this. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another installment of Forest Ghost Conversations. And in this episode, we're going to be discussing all that was in 2022 for Lucasfilm. So Star Wars, Willow, a little bit of Indiana Jones may possibly pop in here too. And to have this wonderful discussion, I could think of no one better to invite on the show than our guest today, which is Colby Mead, the host of the fantastic podcast, The Colby Cast. Colby, welcome to Forest Ghost Conversations. Thank you so much, Anthony. I really am looking forward to having this conversation with you, and I've been looking forward to my opportunity to join you, too. So I really jumped at the chance at the invitation, and I thank you so much for having me on. Oh, it's my pleasure to have you on the show. Big fan of your work on the Colby cast and what you're doing over there and the positivity you. that you're spreading over there. Uh, so 
you know, once once we got connected at Celebration, I said, this is the person that we need to have on the show. This is embodying all the spirit of Forest Ghost Conversations and what you do on a, on a basis over on your podcast, too. So I appreciate um, that. I, I do try to just we have some fun. Uh, you know, I don't have the attention span to talk only Star Wars. <laughs> you know, there's so much out there. So absolutely. I decided I was just going to put it all out there and who knows what comes at us uh, from week to week. And and uh, most of the time, my two uh, grown-up sons join me, and we have wonderful conversations, just like we do on the couch on any given night. And we decided, let's you know, let's put this out there and and uh, and help bring smiles to some faces and talk about stuff that we love. And it usually ends up being about Star Wars, but we also <laughs> talk about a lot of other stuff too. So, yeah, it somehow always comes back to Star Wars, doesn't it? <laughs> always. Uh, always. Brilliant, brilliant. Well. Speaking of Star Wars, let's talk about some Star Wars a bit in this year of 2022 that was ripe with so much Star Wars content. And frankly, I don't think we'll be able to touch upon it all in this episode. Uh, but really, to start, I want to go back to the beginning. In case our audience isn't aware of your work or the Colby cast, what was your introduction to Star Wars? I love talking about it. I love talking about this because it's just, it's been with me my entire life. I don't even remember seeing the first Star Wars uh, or Empire Strikes Back. As a matter of fact, there's only two when Star Wars came out. Uh, so of course I was about five when uh, Empire came out, but I remember watching them at home and I don't know if we had a, a VHS of it or if it was just something we recorded when it hit network TV, right? When it was yeah. doing its its movie of the week type of thing. But I do remember vividly watching it at home, loving um, when Han turns around and tells Luke, don't get cocky, kid, you know, during the, <laughs> the Millennium Falcon um, fight scene. Uh, I, I have vivid memories of being very scared of Yoda when I was little and watching Empire Strikes Back. But I really feel like where my passion became powerful was when I saw Return of the Jedi in theaters. And I have Ooh. vivid memories of that. I was um, was there and I remember seeing that green lightsaber for the first time and just the thrill ride of that movie. And I remember going home and rummaging through my entire house looking for a black glove. Cause I just wanted to put it on my hand <laughs> like Luke Skywalker and run around with anything I could find to use as a lightsaber. Um, so that was the original trilogy. You know, I, I sort of, you know, got interested in music and other things through the late eighties and nineties. Mm -hmm. But then when the prequels came around, the love was just reignited. And this yeah. time I actually was, was blessed to be able to experience it with my children because mm. Um, my wife was pregnant with our first son when the Phantom Menace came out. So obviously he was very young at that point, but <laughs> yeah. growing, watching them grow up and just being able to enjoy the prequels on DVD or whatever the case may be, if it was on TV with them, and then they fell in love with the Clone Wars, that just was like a renaissance. And it was just a family thing that, that we got to uh, have fun with. And, you know, the rest is history. Disney is uh, you know, uh, owner of Lucasfilm now, and then just the whole explosion of new Star Wars, which I'm just loving every second of. Oh, I love that. I mean, what a vivid memory of seeing that green lightsaber ignite in Return of the Jedi. Yes. With not only that, but I think the John Williams score just blasting at the same time. It's just, I think, I mean, I'm glad for you, but uh, I know for a lot of people that is just like a moment that is seared in their minds, just like, 
that moment of just realizing this is a Jedi right here. Yeah. <laughs> this is when yeah, they, this was, is the return of the Jedi. <laughs> it, was, it was amazing. And you, and I'm so glad you brought up John Williams because he, uh, I sort of make a joke that John Williams, uh, George Lucas and Steven Spielberg were like my babysitters. They basically raised yeah. me. Right. And those three men, <laughs> just have had a tremendous impact on me and no more than John Williams. I will listen to John Williams. I, I, I even brought up John Williams on Christmas song podcasts because mm. of his work on home alone, exactly. which is just yeah. amazing. So yeah, absolutely. John Williams, it, it's not star Wars without him. Well, I mean, it is, let's be honest. They have some magnificent <laughs> workers now, but early star Wars, I just don't know what it would have been without that score behind it. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, John, I think Lucas said himself, uh, John Williams is the special sauce that uh, yeah. keeps the star Wars together and, and the sandwich that is star Wars. It's the, the special it. big Mac sauce on that. Mm, um, and, and yeah, of course, John, I mean, his DNA is in the fabric of everything that is done w- without him. I mean, you can't not have star Wars without a little bit of influence from, from yep, the maestro himself. Um, well, great. Thank you for sharing that. It's a wonderful story. And I love hearing people's introductions. And I love that you're able to uh, have some great memories with your your own children as well as, as this has become a generational story for you as well. Yep. So heading into the year that is 2022, I have been saying that this year was going to be the year of Star Wars. Now, I want to ask your opinion on that phrase. Do you think that 2022 lived up to the hype and expectations as a Star Wars fan? I think it's such a good question. I really, really love this question because it's not as simple as what it may seem to be. Uh, Mm -hmm. One of my favorite Star Wars quotes is when Obi-Wan tells Luke on on Dagobah in Return of the Jedi again uh, that our truths depend greatly on our point of view. Right. I think that that is such an important quote. I'm, I'm going into history. I'm working on a history degree. And I think that that is so, so important to history is the point of view. Right. So I'm, I looked at this question from a couple, I tried looking at it from a couple of point of views. So the point of view from a point of view of a star Wars fan, absolutely. It checked all the boxes for me. What other year besides 2022 have we gotten more hours of Star Wars content, <laughs> right? Right, right. So yeah. you know, we with um, with Book of Boba Fett, with Obi Wan, and with Andor. There's been no other year in history that we've been treated to mm. more Star Wars. Even when the Clone Wars was a weekly show, right? You know, just the and the and the quality of that content was so pleasing to me. And I I go into things with very very minimal expectations, especially Star Wars, because it's just a joy to me. Star Wars in in general mm-hmm. is just a joy to me. So I don't try to, I, I just ride the roller coaster. I don't try to drive the roller coaster. I, I get on board <laughs> yeah. and I, I'm there to enjoy it. And most of the time I do. Um, so from that, in that, in that regard, 2022 was, was no disappointment whatsoever. It was everything I hoped it would be, especially with celebration. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But when you shift the point of view to sort of um, like a genre fan in general, I, I'm not going to say that Star Wars in any way, shape, or form disappointed, but it's such a crowded space. Mm. If you start talking about Marvel and you start talking about House of the Dragon or Rings of Power, even right. Willow now it's running. <laughs> yeah. um, Stranger Things was a phenomenon early on, right, in May and mm-hmm. June. 
um, then, you know, and we're not even really talking about movies. I mean, if you talk about the MCU itself, we had three series, we had two special presentations, we had three feature films. So when you compare it, when you compare it that way, um, I think this is just my long-winded answer of saying, I want a Star Wars movie again. (laughs) (laughs) I want a Star Wars movie again. So in that regard, I think, um, it, it may have been, it didn't get lost in the shuffle because it certainly made a a lot of conversation. I mean, you and I talked about it on a weekly basis, right? Yeah. (laughs) So how could it not? (laughs) Uh, but I just think on the broader perspective, I would like to see Star Wars be more a part of the conversation. And I think a feature film needs to be a part of that conversation at some point. So hopefully maybe next year. Right. But I think that was the one thing that maybe left me wanting a little bit. And I I was sort of Mm. keeping my fingers crossed when celebration was coming around and I thought we might get something and we didn't. So, but that does not take away from the effort that they put forth and the hours and hours of enjoyment that we got with the three series that we did. So it's, it's a wonderful question because it's not easy. It's complicated. Uh, and, oh, totally. and it made me think. So thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. I I am going to agree with you 100% that the theatrical experience, that is something that is, it's in the DNA of Star Wars. It is, yeah. it is a part of the bread and butter of it. I mean, that's, that's how it predominantly started here. That is something that is missing. And I was very fortunate at Celebration to have been a part of the, uh, I won the lottery for the showcase panel on that Thursday. Oh, nice. So I was able to see the first two episodes of Obi-Wan on the big screen at the, at, the, at Celebration. And boy, was that just a cinematic experience. Yeah. And of course, um, Rogue One was re-released this past year in yep. anticipation of Andor. And they showed 10 minutes or so of that series leading up to its release, which that's, that show should have been on a big screen. I think that they there's a market for Lucasfilm if they're looking forward to um future content that they're putting out into the world that there is a market for special event screenings yes. of these yes. like whatever be the finale right or uh, uh the season premiere right i think mandalorian season three premiere could easily first two episodes or so put it on like a a, a special screening series at your local mm-hmm. regal cinema or you know amc something like that like I'm sure people will go out in droves to see that. <laughs> I'm all for it. Absolutely. And, I, and I'm and i encouraged by the fact that they started to put Andor out on different platforms, you know, around yes, Thanksgiving. I think brilliant. they put it out on. I, I think that, that, it, that it deserves that kind of thing. And I'd love to see that stuff entering the conversation in other ways. So, yeah, I mean, Mando season three seems like it's going to be epic in scale and in scope. Mm-hmm. And what better place to watch something like, you know, we've seen the trailer, right? Where Mando's coming out of the clouds, coming down onto Mandalore and you just see, I want to see that on a big screen. So brilliant idea. I think if, Hey, Lucasfilm, you're listening to a force close conversation, (laughs) put out the first couple episodes in a theater. I'll bet you they're going to make some money. Look, they would make some money and then people would go back and rewatch it on Mm -hmm. Disney plus. And this, the word of mouth would be incredible. I, I think so too. And also, something that's been nice about uh, the upcoming Indiana Jones movie is the marketing is, is so many week months out in advance as opposed to the yep. streaming uh, model where it's only a few weeks out. Right. Yep. It's like, yep. 
I see these Twitter accounts that are like, is the Andor trailer out yet? Is the Obi-Wan Kenobi trailer <laughs> out yet? And it's like, no, no, no. And then finally, a month before, it finally starts ramping up and you're just over inundated with so much that you're just, you didn't have the time to like properly speculate or to digest it or to share it with your friends and family members in a way that you would for a movie with like four posters that come out and three different yeah. trailers. You just, it yeah. just doesn't have the same lead up to it. Part of my favorite thing about being a genre fan, whether it's Star Wars or MCU or whatever, is that lead up that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I remember Rise of Skywalker in 2019 when that was coming out after we saw the trailer there oh, uh, yeah. at, at Celebration. I wasn't there, but I saw it on my phone <laughs> as it was uh, as close to it being uh, live as possible. Um, but that sort of kicked me off on a reading Star Wars frenzy. I went and, and and I'm not really um, I haven't traditionally read a lot of Star Wars, but at that time I just wanted to I just wanted to en- engross myself sort of in Star Wars leading up to yeah, the Rise yeah. of Skywalker. So I read Ahsoka and I read uh, you know a, a bunch of different novels. I think Black Spire Outpost was one, and Ooh, and then fun. they released um, what was the one the 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 book that is between Last Jedi and the Rise of Skywalker? Is it Oh uh, Resistance? Resistance Reborn? resistance reborn i made myself only read one chapter a day of that book leading up to the rise of skywalker (laughs) and i wanted so many days i wanted to keep reading because it's such a fun book but at the same time i knew i was going to get a little taste of star wars leading up to rise of skywalker Mm -hmm. and i went through and i said okay how many chapters in the book Okay, I have it. I'm ready to go. I'm just going to go one a day. I'm going to start on this day, and I'm going to one a day walk. Read the last chapter, the day of walking into the theater to see Rise of Skywalker, and that's the kind of stuff I I love and enjoy. But it's in the anticipation of of the of a movie or a big event, like you said. Yeah. And not that that doesn't exist with um with the streaming shows because I'm getting super pumped for Bad Batch. I'm I'm looking so forward to it. But there's really nothing like watching a Star Wars movie in the theater. There just mm-hmm. isn't. And as much as I love all the content we're getting, don't mistake what I'm trying to say. I just adore watching Star Wars movies in the theater. So, Agreed. Agreed. Hopefully one day we get to see one very soon. Very soon. Whether it be Rogue Squadron, Taika's film, something else, Damon Lindelof, Star Wars. Who knows? Get me back yep. in a theater. Let's see what happens. Yep. It'll happen all at some right. point. Yeah, exactly. Well... Let's talk about some of the stuff that came out this year. So in terms of live action content, Star Wars only had series released on Disney+. And these, of course, include The Book of Boba Fett, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and Andor. Now, which one did you enjoy the most? And, I, and that's not necessarily a ranking of any of them. Just in terms sure. of like your fandom, which one did you maybe see yourself looking forward to most every week, I guess would be how I would phrase that. All of them. <laughs> no, that's that's just my cheater that's answer. That's the right um, answer. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, all that stuff I just said about movies. I just I just realized like I would wake up at the crack of dawn and turn on Obi Wan <laughs> and turn on Andor and turn on Book of Boba Fett. Um, but in seriousness, uh, I always joke that my favorite character is Luke Soka Kenobi. <laughs> because I can never I decide it. if it's Ahsoka or Luke or Kenobi. Ask me on a different day and it's going to be one of those three, but it, it may not be the same two days in a row. So that being said, Obi-Wan Kenobi has always been a very important character for me personally. So mm. 
I was super excited about the Kenobi series, obviously. And yeah. um, Ewan McGregor having him back. And then the more we got to learn about Hayden Christensen and him being back, it just oh, yeah. got better and better and better. So <laughs> the, the short the short answer is Obi-Wan Kenobi. I, I just adore it. Adore it. That being said, Andor was a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. I just think mm-hmm. it was a masterpiece. It was so different. And so uh, epic. It was epic. It, it that mo- that could have been a movie. That could have been put on the big screen. Agreed. It could have been a trilogy of films right there. Just those those twelve episodes. Yeah, and um, and Book of Boba Fett had its merits as well. I I loved it. it was fun. It was it it showed me things I wanted to see. But the the winner of of the crown for me in twenty twenty two is definitely Obi Wan. That's I love that answer. I mean. I make no mistake uh, in apologizing for my love of the prequels on, on this podcast. Yeah. I, I am a child of the prequels. That's what I grew up with. It's really what got me connected with Star Wars. And the fact that I got to see my heroes back on screen again, and not only just my heroes, but the actors that portrayed those characters. And I've heard this on another podcast, um, but uh, so I didn't, I can't take full credit for this, but in a way, Obi-Wan Kenobi is as much of a, of, it's it's a great sequel to Revenge of the Sith, more so yeah. than A New Hope is in in some ways, right? Like yeah. it's clearly a, an episode three point five, if mm-hmm. you will. That's it's what the it's the springboard between those two trilogies that I never thought I needed, but now is so necessary to understanding yeah. the saga. <laughs> yeah, and it's such a personal story too. One of the things that I've always loved about Obi-Wan was his power of perseverance and always remaining himself through all the loss that he experienced. And, you know, we don't need to put the Obi-Wan loss checklist together because everybody knows who (laughs) it is. But the fact that he was who he was in the original Star Wars always was a, a thrill to me knowing the backstory and learning it through the prequels and then the clone wars he still mm-hmm. remained true but this episode or this show i should say really showed us the opposite of that he was he did start out in a dark place he had questioned you know he he literally told this new jedi that we that we got to know in the first episode i believe it was to run to hide not yeah, go away they <laughs> lost yeah we've lost and to see him start there and end where he was was just so satisfying and so much mm-hmm. fun for people like us who just i am also an unashamed and unapologetic apologist for the prequels <laughs> um love them absolutely adore them and uh obi-wan is a great bridge from three to four it's just a great bridge agreed 100 percent. now you could you could speak a little more about Obi Wan Kenobi if you want entirely for sure. But uh, was there a particular theme or idea from any of these series that really stood out for you um, as as you were going through uh, the year? I mentioned the perseverance with Obi Wan. You still see it there, even though he has his times of doubt and his times of being very low in his uh, enthusiasm and his energy. Uh, but that doesn't mean he wasn't persevering, right? Too many times yeah. I think we we look at our heroes and they always have to be perfect. I love seeing Obi-Wan where he was because he's not perfect. I love seeing Luke Skywalker where he was in The Last Jedi because... Yeah, agreed. Because 
it's easy to persevere when things are fine. You don't have to persevere when you're when things are going well. You have to persevere when things are bad. And we got to see Obi-Wan do that. We got to see Luke do that. And I mean, that's sort of the one of the foundational messages of Star Wars is perseverance. And to see that put on uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi's face and see him go mm. through that through a six episode uh, saga was um, was really, really impactful. Uh, and or one of the things that I really appreciated about that and so many themes going in, <laughs> yeah. it's hard to choose, hard to choose one, it's but for choice the, for sure. Yeah. Right. But the powerless, they actually do have power. And mm-hmm. that's one of the things I thought was so well done in Andor through Kino Loy, the Narkina five escape through that epic and heart wrenching finale with Marva's, speech with the powerless rising up and fighting Mm -hmm. the most powerful thing in the galaxy right they have rocks they have stones they have fists and boots these other guys have blasters and tanks but they didn't let that stop they had power because they chose to have it and they they went forward with it right um and that whole tone of sleeping with in Marva's uh, speech and how we were asleep <laughs> and waking up. Oh my gosh, that had lots, lots of uh, contemplation on my part. Um, and then the book of Boba Fett, I really loved the idea of the found family. He went mm. around and he found allies. You know, he started out with the Tuscan Raiders and then they had the, the tragedy with that, which I yeah. thought was such a compelling part of the story. I was so thrilled to see those flashbacks. Oh my gosh. Um, but then, you know, he's got Fennec Shand and then he gets uh, black Chrysanthemum, and then, you know, he's just, so, and then obviously he gets Mando in the, in the mix. And I just loved seeing him build that family around him mm-hmm. and the acknowledgement that this super imposing character that we've had for 40 years couldn't do things by himself and needed yeah those people around him to accomplish his goal and that they brought honor into it and not just meaningless bloodshed or um, bullying, you know, and overpowering people. Uh, Even his little friends with the little Vespa scooters, they were important (laughs) as well. Right. And, and I just loved that because that's really, that's a star Wars thing too. You find who is in your corner and then you take on the empire with those people that are in your corner. Absolutely. You I mean you bullseye on the dartboard with all that stuff there. I mean, <laughs> you are so correct. The the found family nature of Book of Boba Fett, of course, is, is central to that key of understanding the show. Um and, and just the growth of the character. I, I think you allude to that a bit here too, but he's no longer this lone wolf uh going yeah. out and doing these bounty hunter gigs. No, he's being a leader. He's he he assumed this this role of power and he's He's honestly doing it in a more honorable way than anybody has has done before. I mean, honestly, Jabba was not doing things in, no. in a very uh, uh, nice manner, and if putting it kindly. Uh, yeah. But he's going out there. He's 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 creating this this family uh, and believing in them, right? And and uh, putting them in positions by which to succeed in, in which they're tasked, and giving them the choice of free of freedom. Like I'm not forcing you to stay with me here. If you want yep. to be with the what we're doing here, then that's your choice. And, and I want you to be here because you choose to be here, right? He literally gives Chrysanthemum the choice and, and yep. those Gamorrean guards, right? He gives them an option uh, to, to, to join them or, or not. Um, yep. 
And and he literally looks at himself in the mirror later on, which is a powerful scene when he looks at Cad Bane, right? And he has that that climactic showdown with him at the end where he's like, this is what I could be if it wasn't for this growth that I've done. And I've yep. changed. I know that I'm not the young uh, character that I was anymore. I, I need to rely on learning different tools uh, and techniques and using that to my advantage, which is how he, he wins in, in the end of the day. And so I, I really thank you for, for uh, uh, sharing your thoughts on that. I know recency bias can come into effect here with sure. the, the greatness that was Andor. And, and uh, of course, Obi-Wan had the, the, the compiling with Celebration, too. So I know, yeah. and it's frankly, it feels like it's been almost... <laughs> I know it's only been a year, but it feels like Book of Boa if it was like three years ago by this point with all the stuff that's come out. <laughs> when I was thinking about the Book of Boba Fett, I had to look back and say, wait a minute, was that in 2022? And of course, yeah, it was an yeah. early part of 2022. But yeah, it, you're right. Uh, uh, how quickly a year goes by. <laughs> but then when we're at the end of it, how long it seems like things uh, have happened, happened, even though it was just a year ago, it seems like it's so much longer. Yeah, it's I mean, crazy how that works. Geez, even Obi-Wan feels so long ago. Yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, Andor even too still feels a little distant when you had House of the Dragon and Rings of Power <laughs> premiering literally at the same time. I mean, you were uh, your your podcast was certainly uh, <laughs> spoiled for content at that point. I mean, what oh, do you talk man. about each and every week? <laughs> it was an embarrassment of riches. There were some... <laughs> Some weeks where I was thinking, how are we going to do this? How do we do this? <laughs> and then, you know, mix in movies, too, because we had movies. We will talk about movies as well. And, yeah. And, and of course, she oh, who's premiering at the same sure. time. So, gosh. <laughs> we absolutely loved that show. And we did. We talked about it for about six or seven weeks. I think it was um, I was doing two episodes uh, a week just to keep up with all the stuff I wanted to to talk about and i've since switched to one episode a week which sort of feels like <laughs> I, i'm forgetting something because it doesn't seem yeah I'm not recording something every day but uh one 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 day it was she hulk the next day it was andor and the next day it was she hulk and the next day it was, it was like uh it was so much fun looking back on it it was a blast during it it was a little bit hectic but yeah, it was a lot of fun <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm I'm thrilled that uh, uh, we have all these episodes to listen to now, and then uh, uh, that's that's awesome. Um, almost so, eighty. You got almost eighty to listen to if you if you choose to, and there's all kinds of stuff in there. So that's right. Guess. Go back. Go back <laughs> through the catalog. Go check it out. Yep. Yep. Um, so, in addition to the series that were uh, revealed on Disney Plus throughout the year, documentaries were also at the forefront of Lucasfilm's output, including Disney Gallery, The Book of Boba Fett. Obi-Wan Kenobi, A Jedi's Return, and Light and Magic. Did you catch any of these on Disney Plus, Colby? And if so, what new facts or interesting concepts did you learn about these series or the making of Star Wars? So I watched them all. Awesome. <laughs> I watched them all because <laughs> I love me some behind the scenes stuff. I Amen to that. <laughs> eat that stuff up. Um, so the, the Book of Boba Fett stuff I enjoyed you know, just the behind the scenes stuff. And, you know, especially with um, the, the treat that we got with the Rancor uh, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and that, that stuff. And anytime I get to see the volume, to be quite honest, I love, cause I just love the volume. I know some people are, yeah. it's funny how conversations switch because when we first had Mando season one and the volume became sort of common knowledge, everyone was just marveling at the technology and, Oh, Lucasfilm mm-hmm. has done it again. But now in the last year or so, we've sort of seen this back, like not a backlash, but sort of like people coming up against it saying, Oh, you know, you need to go practical. You need to, I'm fine right, with either. I don't right. care what you do. I think the volume is a triumph. 
I think Absolutely. it's amazing. We and wouldn't have you, three three shows without it. <laughs> this is so true. Absolutely true. And I'm convinced that Andor used it a little bit. I was seeing a couple scenes where I'm like, I wonder if mm-hmm. I think, that I might think they be did volume. Yeah. yeah, but that's fine. I don't care if they did or didn't. It was I just think it's magnificent, just the technology behind it. And one of my favorite things about Star Wars and Lucasfilm is that they always push that envelope, that they're always introducing mm-hmm. new technologies. So uh that was sort of the takeaway with Book of Boba Fett. Um but uh, for the Obi-Wan series, I just adored, and I mean it, I adored seeing Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen watching the prequel scenes and talking oh. about their memories from that time. I loved watching and learning more about how this whole series unfolded because I'm sure like like me, I'm sure you do the same, Anthony, where we're up on the news, right? We want to, mm-hmm. I'm not oh, yeah. looking for spoilers. I don't really love going into that stuff. I try to avoid spoilers. Um, but at the same time, I do like to be informed and know what's coming up. I mean, that sort of makes for good podcasting, right? You sort of need <laughs> Absolutely, <to. laughs> yeah. Um, so we all knew that Obi-Wan Kenobi, the series was going to be happening. And there was years and years of, you know, Ewan McGregor playing coy during interviews and whatnot. Uh, but then to actually get to hear them tell the story of Kathleen Kennedy meeting with Ewan McGregor and then um, mm-hmm. Deborah Chow meeting with Hayden Christensen up in his home, having some tea. I thought that was so <laughs> charming. And, you know, we just sort of had the curtain peeled back a little bit. We got to hear a little bit more about the personal side of things. And that was the other thing about the Obi-Wan documentary was how personal they made it. It was oh, yeah. so much about their their experience, which doesn't always get to be told by them, right? It's a, many times it's through, you know, reports of this person and that person, but they were actually sharing it with us, and I really mm-hmm. enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. But I think the um, the top of the mountain for me, as far as documentaries go, was Light and Magic. Oh yeah, I. I look at it as so much more than just a behind the scenes documentary. That thing is inspirational. I was, I came across or I came away from each episode inspired, not just to get up and go out and accomplish thing, but to, to be creative, to look for inventive ways to think outside the box, because that literally is the story of Lucasfilm Mm -hmm. or or industrial light magic, I should say. Um, So, you know, and some of the things that I really enjoyed was seeing the continuation from one breakthrough to the next breakthrough like when they were talking about the movie, the abyss and the whole water, the water. I remember watching that as a teenager and just being like, what am I looking at? That's water (laughs) in like this alien form. And it made a face, but then that turned into T2, right? Terminator two Mm -hmm. with the, um, with, uh, I'm forgetting his name, Robert, the the Terminator. Yeah. Yeah. Robert Patrick. Thank you. Uh, in that film. And just, I loved hearing the story of how that water thing turned into, the next Terminator film. Um, mm-hmm. And then they told the story about the Jurassic Park team and how oh, they yeah. were secretly right in their own time, <laughs> in their own little back closet this area. Dungeon thing. Yeah. Yeah. Just working on this animated computer generated dinosaur that was never going to be the plan. It was not the way that the studio was going, but they believed in their skills they believed in their ability to create something that was going to work. And imagine if it didn't, their reputations, what would have happened? 
bye-bye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. Yeah. <laughs> but then for them to have so much, you know, they, they told the story of how all the executives were going through. I think Kathleen Kennedy was there and Spielberg and they decided that they were going to throw up that one test that they had mm-hmm. up on the screen so that people could see them. That's bold, Anthony. That is inspiring. <laughs> I love it. They're taking their jobs, their careers and putting it at risk. And they gambled on themselves and they won. And it gets me so pumped. Love it. Agreed. I, I think I my initial reaction to seeing that that whole scene where they put up the the test footage up on on the on the screen just casually in the background right yeah i was like i think i said to my wife like oh wow the chutzpah it would take to <laughs> to do something like that like no i don't doubt. think i would i don't think i would have the gall to do something like that in my own job that uh you know I, i'm pretty much a safe person at my job i wouldn't try to push the boundaries like that but i'm like wow they really changed history with just that moment i think sure what did, did kathleen kennedy just like pat uh, what is this? And then he explained yeah. what it is and then just like gave him a pat on the back and said, you've got you're going places in your career. <laughs> and then when they sort of took that to the next step where they had their first screening, I think it was just the T-Rex scene where they had the or yeah. maybe the, even just that the T-Rex that was sort of like the bones right in that one small room where they saw. It. But then they put it in a theater on a on a screen mm-hmm. and they had all the money decision makers in there. And they were all flabbergasted, right? They just sat there with their, this can happen. Like they changed the way stories are told. And it's so much more than TV and movies. It's so much more than pop culture. We look at stories and we learn from them. They affect us as humans. And they changed the way that those stories were told. Man, yeah. it's just, and, they, and we got, it seemed like we got those little nuggets throughout the whole series of that light and magic in every episode, there was just one little thing or two little things where you're like, they changed everything. (laughs) (laughs) It was great. Loved it. I loved it. Couldn't agree more light. I mean, no, no disrespect to the other documentaries that came out this year, but light and magic was just the cherry on top of this wonderful cake. That was this documentary series like loved it yeah absolutely did not expect it whatsoever like there was almost radio silence about this series aside from that panel at celebration that they leaked no footage out of it i don't even yep. know think they showed a little bit of footage if if anything yeah only until like a week before the show comes out they drop a trailer for it and it's a great six episodes coming out and uh as a as a person, I, I, you alluded to this too. Like we we're in the weeds about the behind the scenes stuff yeah. for, the, for these for these series and and movies that are in the DNA of our of our existence. This I mean, yep. we wouldn't be the people that we are today if it weren't for these movies impacting us at the right time. Yep. And a lot of that is the effects and how they were able to put that together. That it puts the smile on your face. Like you think of that Luke Skywalker moment, in Return of the Jedi, right with the lightsaber, like ilm (laughs) they wouldn't be able to put all that without the models and the creature making that put that scene together um so you just add all that together and you're like wow okay they did this they did this they did this they did this and all the way up to the volume uh golly gee and and i think light and magic is just a master class in how to tell a documentary story where you're never bored at any part mm. of, of yep. that six part series and every episode aside from the last one ends on an epic cliffhanger that you're <laughs> like, I need to, I need to watch the next one right yeah. now. How do you not 
Like, I think the first one ends with George Lucas just being like, I was not happy. Like, yeah. how do you not go to the next episode after that? Or basically, <laughs> I think the episode five where it's like, and T and Jurassic Park was just around the corner and we're, we're going to change the game up with everything. Like, yeah. how do you not go to the next one after that? I mean, it's just yeah. brilliant, eloquently done. Ron Howard and Kasdan and team that, that put it together. Just chef's kiss. I don't think it can get much better than that. <laughs> so good. So good. I agree with 100% of what you just said. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, Colby, I would be remiss if I did not bring up Star Wars Celebration, where you and I had the pleasure of meeting. Yeah. Uh, I want to hear about your experience at the convention, because that, too, took place in 2022. Amidst all this wonderful stuff that we also were able to discuss in this episode thus far. But we also, as a fandom, got to meet up together again amidst, uh, you know, with the, the COVID and all that going on in the world. Yep. And we haven't been able to really have a chance to interact with each other for the last couple of years we, we were able to get back into one convention center again safely um and i want to hear about how you had experienced celebration what panel or activity at the convention was was most memorable to you overall well first in general before i get into the specifics of uh of the question i i appreciate the fact that you brought up how it was you know at the at the the end of this time where we had all we were all forced to basically be a, be separate, be apart. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and that, that takes its toll on everybody in, in its different yeah, ways. And as much as, you know, we're sitting here and, and on opposite sides of the country and we're having a <laughs> yeah, conversation literally. <laughs> and yeah. And I'm so thankful for that kind of thing. I've met so many wonderful people through podcasting, through Twitter, through Instagram and, you know, just last night I had a wonderful opportunity to have a Zoom meeting with some friends from Star Wars, and we did a a secret Wampa. It was a secret oh, Santa. I love we it. All, we all sent each other gifts a couple weeks ago, and then we all got together last night. We sat here in front of computers and, and opened them and enjoyed each other's company. And that's a thrill, and that's wonderful. But sort of like the 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 thing I said about Star Wars movies, and there's nothing like a Star Wars movie being in the room or being in the same area with somebody, somebody that you're friends with, that's irreplaceable, right? There's mm -hmm. nothing like that. And that's what celebration was for me. All these people that I had spent the last few years meeting, quote unquote, right? Meeting <laughs> online or through Twitter, um, Instagram, so, so on. They were standing in front of me and I kept on looking at them and going, you know, I, I, I'm usually, I'm used to seeing like a square around your face, you know, on a, yeah. <laughs> on a screen, but here you are in, in living color, in the, right? flesh. So, yeah. in the flesh. And for me, and this was my first celebration. I had never attended a, a celebration before. Um, and all the plan, all the planets aligned and it all worked out. And it was just such a thrilling, thrilling experience, four day experience and really five day because I got the chance to hang out with some friends the night before. Mm, um, awesome, Tom Gross and and uh, and and Danzy from uh, Coffee with Kenobi. I got to uh, oh, Ross Holloban. Yeah, yeah, and Ross and his girlfriend and Corey Club from CWK as well. I was able to to spend a little time with them before celebration even started, and then just meeting everybody else that had come to town. And it's in sort of in my backyard. It's about an hour away from where I am, but I still consider it sort of my backyard. So I just felt great that all these, it's like all these friends were coming to my neighborhood. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so it was, it was just such a wonderful experience. And for me, definitely the highlight of Celebration, it was that 
aspect of it. Just mm. meeting you and your wife as I was walking in. And I'm like, I told yeah. Caleb, my <laughs> oldest son, I, I told Caleb, I go, I, I said, I think that that's Anthony from Forsco's Conversations. <laughs> but there were like a thousand people around us. And I sort of got myself into a, the, a position where I could see your shirt. And yes. well done with the shirt because it said Forrest Goes Conversations. Like, yes, you. that's Anthony. <laughs> so I went and we I got the chance to quickly chat with you guys. And then like that was it, right? We were still all at the same place. Mm-hmm. Forrest Goes, I mean, uh, the, the, the convention center. But you could go four days and not meet anybody that like somebody that you hope to meet because there's just so many people so the the connections and hanging out with people meeting people for the first time was absolutely the highlight for me um another great activity was the disneyland after dark the star wars night oh brilliant Uh, you got to do that awesome oh yeah yeah my both my boys and a friend of mine we got to go uh and again we got to hang out with um you know dan and tom and Corey. Uh, and Clayton Sandell, who is a wonderful newsman. Um, and I mean, we were, <laughs> with the exception of my sons, these middle-aged men running around Disneyland like we were tw- 12 years old again. And you know what? That's great. That's okay. I, I, love I, it. I just enjoyed every second of it. And I've never been to like a themed Disneyland night like that for Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So just seeing that aspect of it, it was all Star Wars'd out. It was the first time I got to ride Rise of the Resistance, which was just wow. is if you have the opportunity to do it, do it because it is yeah. amazing, Life absolutely changing. incredible. Um, as far as panels and that stuff goes, <laughs> uh, I made a really, really bad rookie mistake on whatever day they had the Mando panel. That was the only lottery I won was the Mando panel. And... I think it was on the second day of celebration, if memory serves right. Uh, I think the third day. Okay, so that makes even more sense. Yeah. Because the first day, my boys and I, we arrived there 7 a.m., right? And we Mm. expected long lines to get the wristbands and get parking and whatnot. And it went so smoothly. It sort of lulled (laughs) me into a false sense of security. So then the second day, we got there a little bit later. And then the third day, we got there a lot later. And I thought, because I had won this lottery, we didn't have you to were wait just gonna get in. Yeah. I could just walk in. Nope. Uh, rookie mistake. I learned my lesson. So we actually missed out on the Mando panel, oh, which no. <laughs> ended up being amazing, right? Like this, yeah. that's what so many people were talking about. But that's okay. You know, we, we were still there. We were still having fun. Um that actually was the night after Disneyland and we were understandable. <laughs> yeah. We were walking down the street at one o'clock in the morning, recording an episode while we were walking to our car, which was a mile <laughs> away. And we, we published it. I published it on the freeway on, as my son was driving home, I'm publishing it on the freeway, our day two recap, <laughs> but it we didn't get home and in bed until probably two in the morning. So we were just a little bit like, Let's get up a little bit later, but we missed the Mando panel, but that's okay. That's just a side story. The, the, the panel I, we did get into and I really enjoyed was the Bad Batch panel. You got into and that. That's awesome. We did. We got there and that's sort of a funny story too, because I'm sorry, we did win one other. I don't think we, there was a lottery for the Siege of Mandalore. Do you remember if there was a lottery? For there wasn't. One? No, no, that was okay. just a cue. So that was on my wish list, though. That was one I definitely wanted to be in and see the Siege of Mandalore mm-hmm. um, in a cinematic type of experience, like you hey, said. Hey, again, that that 
exactly that communal setting for that four episode arc. So having learned, <laughs> yes, absolutely. So having learned what we learned the day before with the the Mando faux pas, uh, we were there early. We were ready to get in line, and we decided let's just go watch the Bad Batch panel because there's that yeah. seems like we'll be able to get into it. And then when we were in line, people started talking about how they were not going to clear the auditorium after that panel no, for no, the Siege of Mandalore. Yeah. So we were like, uh, nope, we're going to sit right here. We are not taking a <laughs> chance. <laughs> not. So we sat in that auditorium uh, and we got to hang out for a long time with Craig Dickinson from, um, yeah. uh, from Reading Between the Reels. And it was so much fun. We just sat there and chatted and talked and had a great old time. And then we sat there and watched the Siege of Mandalore. And it was sort of perfect because that was the last day of celebration. And mm-hmm. I personally was exhausted. <laughs> yeah. So sitting in a nice, cool, dark theater and watching that Bad Batch panel and then the Siege of Mandalore was just sort of perfect. And it was a wonderful experience. Yeah, a nice, relaxing way to end uh, a, a very busy couple of days like as much fun as celebration is you're on your feet a lot you're you're queuing a lot you're you're walking around a lot you may not have the the meal schedule that everyone else you know you typically do uh so you may be a little famished uh i hope you're everyone's keeping hydrated during these events but you know time flies by so i mean it can take its toll on you after a couple days especially if you're staying out late at disneyland one night (laughs) <laughs> it, it sure did but boy oh boy would i do it again in a heartbeat absolutely Whew, that's that's awesome and I, i'm so glad that you were able to go to celebration and and honestly i'm telling you now my wife and i talk about meeting you at celebration maybe <laughs> weekly we bring oh, it wow. up uh <laughs> because that's the first time i've ever been like spotted by by anybody so just like like we're we're famous we made it yes that's <laughs> right you got spotted someone, on the someone, street. someone tracked us down and said i like what you do <laughs> i was like it's that's a fun that's feeling a, that's an amazing feeling exactly um so yeah thank you for sharing your experience on that um for my last question here i wanted to close out with a look ahead towards 2023 what Star Wars or even Lucasfilm project are you most excited about? And I include Lucasfilm project because Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny yep. is coming out in June. Yep. We still got some Willow going into the uh, into the new year here, too. Yep. So uh, what are you most excited about? It's it's interesting when you bring up Indy and you put him in the mix because it just goes back to that that movie comment that I made, you know, I, I don't remember if I don't think I saw Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull in theaters when it came out. Um, the, the boys were a little bit young for, you know, you never know what you get with Indy, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with Temple of Doom. <laughs> right? He's sort of like, Temple of Doom. <laughs> is it going to be Temple of Doom or is it going to be Last Crusade? Is it going to be Snakes or is it what is it going to be? So we didn't take them to see that when they were young. Um, so I haven't seen an Indiana Jones movie since The Last Crusade. And that was the 80s, right? So if we're looking at at Lucasfilm as a whole, I would put Indy at the top of my list because Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones, ride, yeah. <laughs> John Williams, John Williams in a theater. Yep. And uh, yeah, I, when can I buy tickets? That's I think that's what I tweeted when uh, the, the, the trailer came out. I was like, when do I get the tickets? So I'm really excited about that. On the Star Wars front, though, 
it's hard for me to having said what I said about my favorite character and Ahsoka is is up there in the top three in the three-headed character that I call my favorite <laughs> um I'm super excited for Mando but it's like a one and a one a situation for me with Ahsoka the thing that sort of tempers my excitement with Ahsoka is that we just don't know when it's coming out they've given True. us 2023 but they haven't given us an indication of when and if you read the tea leaves and, oh, they were filming during Celebration, it usually takes about a year or so, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. We're probably looking the second half of 2023, maybe, but it's just a guess. Yeah. I think if we get a view of that, you know, a first look and a, and a, uh, a release date, then that's probably going to kick my excitement into next gear. So for right now, I'll put Mando, uh, Mando Season 3, um, just because we don't have to wait that long for it. We know it's coming. <laughs> yep. And... I just think the Mandalorian has such potential to become, to continue to become a really incredible Star Wars story, which can be very Mm -hmm. epic. Now we're getting into the weeds with actual Mandalore, boots on the ground. You know, we have seeds of stories that have been planted over the past two seasons that are going to start sprouting. And I'm excited about that. Really excited to see where we go um, in that story because I just love the reference that John Favreau made a few years ago before Mando season two came out where he sort of, con- he com- compared it to um, game of Thrones where they mm. wanted to introduce a lot of characters that had their own independent storylines and then sort of work towards, you know, this big epic type right. of story, yeah. which, and now we see that happening with the Ahsoka series and whatever else they're doing, but that's uh that's exciting to me but i couldn't i can't leave leave out the bad batch i have such a soft spot (laughs) in my heart for star wars animation love omega love wrecker he's my guy he's he just makes me laugh all the time uh and i just love the dynamic of that group so you know i I would be remiss as you said i would be remiss not to mention the batch and that's just a you know a matter of a couple weeks away now so absolutely very excited for that very excited for the bad batch Hundred percent, and that's just the known of what's coming out in twenty twenty three. We don't know if Skeleton Crew could yeah. potentially come out at the end of the year. The Acolyte, who knows if that has a a, a small chance of coming out this year still. Yeah. There's a lot, that, and who knows what's in the pipeline that's not even announced yet at this point. Mm-hmm. And a movie, <laughs> a movie, please. <laughs> we do have another celebration coming up in the yes, spring. Yes, so. they have. They have. They got to fill up those panels. They got. They do. <laughs> they gotta tell us some stuff that's coming out. You know, and, um, and as much as much as I've said about wanting to see a movie announcement, I want to also add to that that I'm very, very at peace with the fact that they're taking their time. Yeah, I love. Listen, I love all of Star Wars. When I watch Star Wars, whether it's a streaming show or a movie or animation or whatever, I'm that eight year old kid again watching Luke mm-hmm. and his green lightsaber, and that's what I will always love it for what it means to me as me. Um, Will there be better and worse? Absolutely. I'm a fan of the sequel trilogy. I love the sequel sequel trilogy. Um, I have wonderful memories of the experience of watching those movies. Last Jedi is my favorite Star Wars movie. It Mm -hmm. it has taken the number one spot from Return of the Jedi from my childhood. Uh, I am thrilled with Rey Skywalker. I love the fact that she, she became Skywalker. I love it all. I do think that those three movies just suffered from a plan. They did not have a plan put together 
were they good? Yes. Did I enjoy them? Yes. Could they have been better? Sure. And the fact that they're taking their time and not announcing something, I'm okay with that because that just means that, because you know, Anthony, you know that they're sitting there working on a daily basis to make sure they get this right. And I have faith in them and I'm excited to see what we what we get. Yeah, contrary to belief, they just don't sit up there at the Lucasfilm uh, headquarters or if they work remotely, twiddling their thumbs on it <laughs> and get paid to do nothing. Like they're yeah. they're working hard at each and every day to put together literally all the stuff that we just talked about in this episode, all the stuff that's coming out next year, and then thinking four or five years down the line, what do they have yep. in this upcoming plan that they have for them? Yep. Um, so you're absolutely right. There's 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 so much going on. I think uh, I I am personally, you know, if I I know they get a lot of flack for releasing uh, or announcing, I should say, upcoming Star Wars films that may or may not happen. Mm-hmm. Right. I, sure. I know there's some some fall dead in the water. It's just the development game of the film industry in a, in a nutshell. Yep. It's not. New. I would rather they announce a litany of films that never come to pass rather than releasing all those films if they're not to a standard of quality that we come to expect as star wars fans i agree i would rather the uh you know the the adage of uh, quality over quantity of course and although we've gotten a lot of quantity the last year and and in the future i don't think that quantity is ever going to stop the quality has never never subsided even animation documentaries, live action series, hopefully movies when they come back to, to prominence again. Yeah. They yep. have a standard that they have to uphold and, and a legacy too, that is set by George Lucas <laughs> to, uh, to, to use this analogy and we'll go with the comic book genre. I would much rather have star Wars giving us what we get through the MCU than what we get from DC mm-hmm. because every day there's some new mess of news with DC and I understand they're in a transition uh, time with new ownership and whatnot. But even going backwards over the last five to ten years, I'm really not excited for anything that's going to come through the pipeline through that studio until they prove to me that they know what they're doing. I think they're on the right track now, but they certainly have. I, I didn't go see Black Adam. Now I could walk in my <laughs> yeah. living room and I turn and you I can turn on HBO Max. Yeah. And guess what? I, I I don't have a plan to do that just because I don't. I'm not going to invest my time in something I know is not going to go anywhere for that type of genre. If it's a standalone movie, whatever, it's a different story. But so yeah, yeah Lucasfilm, take your time, get it together all the way. The because I got faith in you, you're going to knock it out of the park, and I'm going to be happy when you do. Agreed, and and I think we can both agree. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny is going to be that grand slam oh, <laughs> in 2023. <absolutely. laughs> that trailer yeah. alone was enough to get the the goosebumps on my body again. As soon as that John Williams score, the triumphant adventure theme, uh, the Raiders March came back uh, through oh. uh, my speaker system. I I said, "We're back in it, baby." <laughs> You know, I, I don't care how many times I watch that trailer and I've watched it many, many times. The last scene in it where they all pull out their guns mm-hmm. and, and start shooting and he just drops down. I think it's so funny. I just That's laugh. so Harrison Ford. So, yeah, I love it. it's such a uh, they they flip the the whole, you know, guy with the sword, uh, you know, mm-hmm. doing his fancy sword work and him just pulling the gun out and shooting him. They flip it right on its head. And I think that's just so funny. And if the film is any indication or if that is any indication of what we're getting in this movie, I'm I'm just I already love it. <laughs> I can't wait. 
Agreed. Yeah. Come on, Indy. Don't never bring a a, a whip to a to a gunfight. <laughs> like you know this. <laughs> um, sure does. Well, Colby, thank you so much for coming on to Force Ghost Conversations and talking through the year that was 2022 for Star Wars and Lucasfilm overall, and with a look forward to the future. Uh, at this time, feel free to plug the Colby cast or anything else that you'd like to uh, to share. The, the airtime is yours for the moment. Well, I can't thank you enough, Anthony, for asking me on. I had a blast. It was so, so much fun talking with you and answering these questions. Um, obviously, you know, I, I have a passion for talking about this franchise. I just love it. And I love that uh, that you're doing what you're doing with the Force Goes Conversations and, and being a positive voice out there, too. So thank you so much for having me on. Um, you can find the Colby cast on Twitter and Instagram at the Colby cast uh, spelled out just like that. My my name is spelled C-O-L-B-Y. So you can find us on on both uh, those platforms. And if you want to say hello to me on a personal level, my Twitter account um, for uh, my personal Twitter account is at crosschecked three, the number three. And that's a hockey reference, you know, like you get cross checked. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, that's also on Instagram at cross three, Twitter and Instagram. So drop a note, say hello. And uh, I, I love meeting new people. And I can't thank you enough, Anthony, for having me on. Absolutely. Uh, we'll, we'll be sure to have you on again in the future. This was an absolute blast. And thank you again for coming on the show. And to those of you at home, thank you for listening. Uh, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on your listening site of choice. And we'll be back in your podcast feeds before you know it with a brand new episode. And until then, may the force be with you. Take care. Mm-hmm.